Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we'll be looking at some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that so many are familiar with, um, but many associated with exercise, and where when we speak about yoga on this program, we're talking about its deepest meaning as a spiritually conscious way of living uh, and of the philosophy and practices that teach us how to become aware of our essential spiritual nature and to live in harmony with that. And today's topic on the Yoga Hour is three steps into the temple of Bliss, And we're going to be talking about the last three limbs of the eight-step uh, program of Raja Yoga. And our special guest today is Stephen Sturgis, uh, who's written a wonderful book uh, called Raja and Kriya Yoga, The Ultimate Path to Self-Realization. It's the book we've all been waiting for because it really gives us... Uh, uh, direct insights into this path of Raja Yoga, Kriya Yoga, and specifically as it relates to the many branches uh, of yoga influenced by Paramahansa Yogananda. Stephen is the author of several books on yoga, including his most recent one that I'm just uh, mentioning, The Supreme Art and Science of Raja and Kriya Yoga. He's a teacher of yoga and meditation in the Kriya tradition of Paramahansa Yogananda. And Stephen has studied and practiced uh, yoga in India, the UK, and Europe with many well-known swamis and gurus. He's a direct disciple of Swami Kriyananda for 30 years, um, from whom he first received Kriya initiation in 1983. 
And then Stephen was ordained in 2011 as a Kriacharya um, by my guru, also Roy Eugene Davis. You can find out more about Stephen, his books, and his uh, programs by visiting Yogananda slash uh uh, yogananda hyphen kriya yoga one word dot org dot uk welcome stephen sturgis we're so delighted to uh be talking with you on yoga hour today namaste thank you um it's wonderful to to be able to uh give this to, uh be on the be on your program so uh i'm very happy about that uh to share with others um about yoga from my book, teaching from my book. Thank you so much. And I want to mention to our listeners that one of the great wonders of uh, the Yoga Hour and Unity Online Radio is that I'm in California in the U.S. and Stephen is uh, calling in from uh, London in U.K. and our sound engineer, uh, Jeff, is in Missouri at Unity headquarters. So um, it's, it's wonderful that consciousness is spanning the globe in this way. Before we begin our conversation about these three uh, steps into superconsciousness, into samadhi, or in um, which we can experience the highest bliss. Let's take a moment just for a centering meditation. In this moment, let's just become aware of our breathing. Let's use the breath as a handy and ready tool to begin to focus attention, gather in the wandering, scattered thoughts into the present moment by feeling the breath as it comes in your nostrils and as it goes out again. And then let us use our Intention. As we breathe, let us intend to bring our attention within into the depths of our own being. So withdraw attention from externals and begin to focus within. And feel as you breathe in that you are diving within into the infinite consciousness that is within and is our true nature. As you breathe out, just relax and let go. Breathe in. Expand your awareness within. Breathe out. Let go of any tension or distraction. And any time we do this, we just become aware of the breath we intend to bring our attention within. We can notice that the mind begins to become quiet. And when it does, we can touch the peace that is within us, that is inherent to our essential nature. Even if just for a moment we touch that peace, it begins to purify the mind begins to change our experience. And so we can call that peace forth now 
to fill the mind, calm the emotional nature, to energize the body, and know that we abide in this peace. And as Paramahansa Yogananda said, we can take that portable peace with us wherever we go. So let's do that today. First, I uh, want to say that Stephen's uh, new book, The Supreme Art and Science of Raja and Kriya Yoga, The Ultimate Path to Self-Realization, is a comprehensive text um, that people practicing uh, any, any form of yoga are going to appreciate because of its comprehensive nature. Um, but especially those who are in uh, some way interested in or connected to the legacy of Paramahansa Yogananda, you will especially appreciate this book. And uh, so when we were looking at where to focus uh, attention in this program, there's so many options. And uh, Stephen, I'm already hoping you'll come back so we can can do something else, but we thought, you know, it would be really good if we could focus on meditation and in particular, um, the, the summit of yoga practice, which we call samadhi or superconscious meditation, um, where the eight limbs point, you know, where they are to lead us into this conscious experience of oneness, um, of clear knowing, which is, um, is said to be transformative because it gives us the direct experience of the self and it purifies the mind. And, you know, when we teach about this um, practice of superconscious meditation, you know, the foundation in Kriya Yoga, of course, is, is teaching that, you know, this is natural. You know, it sounds so exotic. Of course, the Sanskrit words, you know, samadhi sounds very exotic and um, even yoga is exotic and Kriya Yoga. But we say, you know, what we're doing is really connecting with our own essence. That's, that's already what we are. So, how have you found that in terms of, you know, talking about superconsciousness and having, you know, people understand that that's just the truth of our being? Oh, sorry. Uh, could you just rephrase that question? So, I'm just curious, you know, in terms of when we are teaching about um, meditation, and in particular, superconscious meditation, or samadhi, of course, we're really talking about, you know, the direct experience of our essential nature, or our natural state of being. And so... I'm just curious how that has been, you know, for you. What do you notice when you are introducing this concept of superconsciousness that people think maybe it sounds so exotic or hard to reach? And really what we're saying is, no, 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 it's not hard. It's what you already are. So how do you, how, what's been your experience of introducing this, um, this teaching that yoga has about superconsciousness as our natural state of being. Um, I'm not quite sure, uh, really. Uh, well, 
Well, Stephen, what did you find yourself, you know, when you think of yourself as a new student coming on and, and learning about yoga um, and what it really meant, you know, to be returned, uh, to be restored to our innate wholeness, you know, to have our attention and awareness no longer, you know, distracted um, with outer phenomena, but as a way to come in to experience that which we are. You know, how, how did you... How did you relate to that when you first heard it? I think um, when I first heard it, it uh, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about meditation when I first started. Um, in fact, I came to that quite late because um, I, I was practicing Hatha Yoga uh, for about 10 years, and there was meditation in it, but um, uh, I didn't really grasp, you know, or get to the full uh, potential of meditation until I started practicing Kriya Yoga, which was in around about 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that opened up a whole new uh, thing on meditation. Um, I, I, I noticed uh, when I when I started getting into meditation, I was able to concentrate more deeply, more effectively, and um, that's brought, um, you know, inner stillness to me, quite, and, and the mind became quieter, mm-hmm. uh, progressively quieter as uh, I kept meditating longer and longer over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And um, then, you know, I, that, that brought balance and uh, inner, harna, inner harmony to me. So you had the experience of um, being able to observe your mind getting quieter, having more calm and a stronger ability to concentrate. Um, That's right. Yeah. And and so, you know, we're, we're going to... Fo- yes, please. Right. No, I found that also with my students. Um, I've noticed that I can actually, as a good you know, in an objective way, looking at the, the students, how they progress, because I see them coming in right from the beginning uh, in that restless state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it even better in watching them than I did in my, perhaps in myself, which took over you know, a long period of time. But if I'm more kind of objective and looking at them, I can see um, how they're progressing Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Usually, the students that do come in are quite restless. Their minds are quite restless. There's very few that have a, seem to have that natural uh, inner peace, you know, where they can just mm-hmm. sit and sit quietly, and then it comes to them naturally. Usually, there's some sort of restlessness in the mind. They, mm-hmm. they tell me that they have lots of thoughts bubbling up, rising up to the the surface, the lake of their mind, disturbing mm-hmm. it and ruffling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, in our culture today, in this modern world, of course, um, it seems that the tendency is to be more and more distracted. You know, technology, you know, really accentuates that. You know, we become, you know, we're checking email or on our cell phone or, you know, one thing or another, which um, perpetuates a distracted state. So these, um, especially these 
um, last three limbs and the eight limbs of um, Raja Yoga give us the steps, you know, for stilling the mind. Now, of course, you've done a masterful job in your book in talking about the preparation, you know, for concentration that's necessary to learn, um, you know, how to purify the mind with pranayama and prachahara that helps us get to concentration. Um, and yes. so, uh, what do you notice about um, you know, uh, being able to concentrate initially, you know, how do you support students in being able to move from that restless uh, place where they arrive into having a mind that is more capable of concentration? Well, many times I've heard people say, I don't have any power of concentration, but uh, there's no valid basis for such thinking because everyone, even a child, can concentrate you know, when they're watching, a, for example, like a, a Disney a animated film on a TV or video, children display a great concentration. You know, their mind is just focused on that and nothing. And at that time, their, their mind appears to be glued to the TV screen. So it's not true that we cannot concentrate. I think what we lack is the ability to concentrate our minds on everything and under all circumstances. It's easy to uh, concentrate on what is pleasant. The difficulty arises when we have to concentrate on something that's unpleasant. Uh, For example, a student finds it difficult to concentrate on a dull or uninteresting book and a person becomes disinterested and feels drowsy when listening to uh, a boring lecture or a boring (laughs) sermon, you know, if they go to church, for example. Um, so our attention depends on our level of interest, and I think interest comes first. You have to have the interest, because I've seen people come to my meditation, they, there hasn't been the, the deep interest, you know, they come out of curiosity and they realize it's not what they want to do. So interest grabs our attention, and then once your mind is attentive, then it, beca- uh, it can begin to focus and concentrate. Mm. And the mind uh, was scattered, and now you are bringing it to one point. You focus your mind on this one point, and you give it a point, give a point to the mind, a time duration to the mind, and you sit down and concentrate. Um, you may concentrate on reading a book or listening to a lecture or a sermon, but first you, you, you must have the, the interest, then the attention of the mind will follow. Mm-hmm. which in turn will lead you to concentrate. Mm-hmm. So interest and attention, I think, give the support to concentration. Then mm-hmm. in meditation, you may concentrate on your... Have, you may have something like a, your, your breath to concentrate on, the incoming and outgoing breath, or a mantra, or an inner sound within you. And then you can take some support for steadying the mind. So the steady mind has tremendous power, the steadying of the attention and concentration focuses all the rays of the mind and sharpens the, the memory, sharpens the perception. And then when you listen or look, you receive fully because the attention is steady and you have, mm-hmm. a, have studied the concentration. Mm-hmm. The result is always a steady attention. Mm-hmm. So when you perceive there's a steadiness and you take in more things. Yes. And, and when you I- listen at yeah, I was just you also you're steady, so you take in more things. So I, I, I think was, the interest is important and the attention first before actually trying to concentrate. Uh, 
I think you're exactly right on that. And I was thinking about um, uh, Roy Jean Davis um, telling us um, that curiosity <laughs> is really helpful. And I think that that's what you mean in terms of interest, um, you know, in terms of being curious about our own inner process, our own inner life. And, you know, perhaps students come first, you know, just curious about meditation, but there's a, an, what you describe as interest can also be this form of curiosity. Like, how do I do this? You know, what's going on in my own mind? Like being uh, interested uh, in the process itself. When we get back from the break, um, we'll talk about meditation and what happens, you know, when we shift from being able to concentrate on one thing and how then the mind will flow into meditation. And we'll talk about the, the difference between um, having a clear focus and um, having to have strong effort and how yoga views that. We'll be right back with you. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. We're talking today with Stephen Sturgis, um, who is in London, an author of several publications, including his most recent book that we're drawing from today, The Supreme Art and Science of Raja and Kriya Yoga. Stephen is a teacher of yoga and meditation in the Kriya tradition of Paramahansa Yogananda. And you can find out more about his work, his writings, and teaching schedule by visiting his website, yogananda dash uh yogananda hyphen kriya yoga k-r-i-y-a-y-o-g-a dot o-r-g dot org dot u-k and we're talking about um meditation this morning um 
practices that support the mind in becoming uh, calm so that we can uh, meditate. And um, so, Stephen, you, when during the break, you were saying, you know, let's talk a little bit about why the mind is so restless and uh, what causes that. And perhaps uh, we can then look at what helps it to calm down. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, h- how it is that our minds are so distracted. Yes, well, I'd like to remind you that uh, that the scattered mind is our so-called normal state of mind, actually. In Sanskrit, it's been called as kshipta, uh, which literally means scattered. And every moment the mind changes, it's uh, not for any two moments does the condition of the mind remain the same. It is now on this object, now on that, and then you know, continually moving around. Anyone who has studied his or her own mind recognizes this fact. So why is the mind so restless? If the mind is very restless, continually moving and continually uh, becoming dispersed, then nothing within ourselves is seen. Even if something is there, it is not seen, and therefore it's not utilized. But if the same mind becomes quieter, then we begin to discover things within ourselves. We can use those things, and we can undergo a profound change in every respect. Our states of mind greatly affect our states of being and our perception of objective reality. If the mind is scattered, it becomes gross and very unlimited in function and in, and in power as well. The only thing it reveals to us is material reality, and we are not then aware of the spiritual reality. So, um, But at the other extreme, when the mind is absolutely quiet, when it is completely unified and in the subtlest possible state, then the greatest of all reality, our own spiritual self, or God, by whatever name you want to call it, becomes revealed to us. So we perceive that everything internal and external is a manifestation of the divine reality. And if we are thinking of wonderful attributes and qualities, these are manifestations of the divine reality. If we are thinking of the most extraordinary being or substance, that also is the divine reality. There is nothing that exists that is different or even distinct from God. Whatever exists is God. So when we find God, we have found everything. This is the philosophy behind the desirability of an absolutely quiet mind. Mm-hmm. And restlessness comes because of desires, mainly. Mm-hmm. Anything we do in our life, particularly if it takes the form of desire, of seeking, it leaves a deep impression on the mind. And whether the, the desire has been satisfied or not, and that impression, which is in yoga is called samskara, um, is not a neutral, passive thing. It's an active thing. Just as seeds that fall from dry pods into the ground only appear to be passive, but are actually active, and at the right time will sprout into a plant. Mm-hmm. So those, these impressions that, like seeds, lie in the mind until, at the proper time, they sprout into plants. Mm-hmm. Then those plants those full-blown desires create a tremendous urge within ourselves. That makes us very restless. And then, of course, the whole cycle follows. We try to satisfy it. Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we don't succeed. And then when we succeed, we are sated for a little while, but only for a short while. 
Mm. The plants you see have produced more seeds, and those seeds again will produce more plants. You're, you will find within a short time an infinite number of weeds are growing in your mind. If desire is satisfied, it becomes like this. If it is not satisfied, then it comes uh, what is generally known as frustration. And frustration is a terrible thing. You cannot satisfy a desire, so then you become angry. Uh, you know, you can become jealous, envious, and even hateful. Anger, hatred, and all these things have become impressed on your mind as a result of your dissatisfaction, produce their own crop, a terrible harvest. Greed in one case, and hatred and anger in another case, that is the way of one kind of restlessness. Mm-hmm. And you've, There's also you know, another kind of rest. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, Stephen, that you have have really given uh, the rationale uh, behind meditation. I mean, certainly people can approach it, you know, for stress reduction, which a lot of people come, you know, initially to do that. But you you really mentioned the two primary uh, reasons for. Uh, superconscious meditation and you know one is of course that it is the doorway to the direct experience of the self you know when the mind does become calm when the thoughts settle um, then we are able to perceive to experience our essential nature you know as pure and still you know conscious awake aware and uh, so that is transformative you know that experience of you know knowing what we are but then, as you describe, you know, this experience um, also clarifies the mental field, um, you know, from the uh, these the negative influences. So, as you've described, you know, desires or samskaras, patterns in the mind are actually uh, cleared uh, through this superconscious meditation. So, there's two good reasons <laughs> to meditate besides all the side benefits that the highest benefits are you know knowing the truth of what we are and you know clearing up um the garden as you describe it you know with these seeds that are continually sprouting uh meditation uh, clears that up, you know, removes uh, mistaken ideas from the mental field. And generally, you know, it illumines, uh, illumines the mind. And, um, and so this process of clearing the mind, um, you know, then of course brings us more calmness and self-control. Um, which then helps us to meditate. So it, it creates a very positive cycle instead of a negative one. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you see that in terms of um, calmness and self-control, you know, that comes as a result of, you know, a steady practice of meditation? Yes. Um, I think uh, the meditation actually has to practice regularly as well because I noticed that um, in my students for example when they if they you know the newcomers that come they may practice for one come once a week to the meditation and then they're not actually doing any practice in between on a daily basis and so I noticed that their minds are still restless they haven't achieved that calmness and in contrast to that those that are coming on a regular basis that are 
um, and over longer periods of time, uh, I've seen that there's a deep calmness, and they're actually experiencing, you know, that deep kind of inner bliss and joy. And um, so there, there's something in that too that uh, one has to persevere, um, make a strong, as Yogananda says, make a strong, persistent effort in your meditation to mm-hmm. succeed. And really, we, you know, um, right practice of meditation has been described as steady practice. You know, what we, what the Yoga Sutra describes as avyasa, right? You know, like how to clear the mind. Well, uh, in order to really, uh, have the mind become calm, one has to have a steady practice, which, you know, in itself, I think just the attitude of having a steady practice is, is, is grounding. You know, so even from the external perspective, um, you know, when we're making that intention to have steadiness in our practice, just sitting. You know, I remember when I first started meditating, I, you know, I was not aware, uh, you know, how um, active and restless my mind was, which is, of course, <laughs> one of the symptoms <laughs> when your mind is really restless. If it's really uh, totally distracted, you're not, you're so distracted, you're not aware that you're distracted. So when I, I remember when I first started to sit, I was just astounded at, you know, how how much was going on there. And uh, I was a little discouraged because it seemed quite difficult, you know, to, to be so distracted. But I was encouraged by my guru, you know, to have a steady practice. And I found, you know, the intention itself to sit regularly and to have a focus, um, which is, you know, what these uh, last three limbs tell us, that you, you need to... You need to have a focus for the mind uh, in order for the restlessness uh, to calm down. I, you know, when I teach about it, I say it's kind of like giving uh, a restless puppy uh, one of those rawhide shoes, you know, something to chew on. So you don't just sit passively and expect that your mind is going to get quiet. That won't happen. As you describe, you know, all the seeds are going to be, you know, blossoming. Uh, so we have to give the mind something to do, right? Yes, that's right. We have to give it an object. It can either be an inner object or an outer object of focus. Um, so, you know, the object of focus can be an internal repetition of a mantra or listening to internal sound or focusing on the inner light or the breath. Um, I think that the breath actually is usually the first one that I... Uh, I mean, I was taught that, and I was I always give that to uh, those at the beginning as well, because it's the the most it's a very close to your own body. It's very easy to to um, to, to follow, you know, if you start concentrating on it. Uh, so uh, to interiorize the mind and focus its attention and concentration, I think that's one of the most simplest ways, just to observe the natural flow of your breath. Um, and making no attempts to control it in any way, just simply watch and focus the attention and concentration on the movement of the breath, which flows in and flows out. And at first, that can just just be watching the breath um, inside the body by concentrating on the on its inner movements. You know, the you you can feel the actual rib cage and lungs and muscles moving if you if you sit still and just watch, just listen. And feel 
so you know that you are breathing, you know, the diaphragm, the abdomen, the chest, there's some movement there. You can just simply watch that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is kind of focusing the, the rays of the mind into one, one ray rather than it stops that dispersion. Mm-hmm. That's just the beginning. And then uh, you can focus, you can bring the focus a little higher up to the, the nostrils and uh, observe the, the breath as it flows in and out through the nostrils. I usually mm-hmm. tell my students to observe the, the breath as, and feel the temperature as well, the, so that when you're breathing in, you feel a cool sensation, uh, and you feel the warm sensation as the breath flows through the uh, mucous membranes of the nose. And then gradually, I, I tell them to bring the breath up a little higher to the point between the eyebrows, the midpoint between the eyebrows, um, at the spiritual eye, as Yogananda called it, and as the breath flows in at that point, I, um, I tell them to mentally repeat the mantra, Hong. This is a Yogananda's technique of the Hong So technique, which is uh, excellent for concentrating the, the mind. Um, it calms the mind and it deepens the concentration in preparation for meditation. So as the breath is coming in, Hong, and then as the breath goes out, you mentally repeat which is spelled S-A-U. Um, this was taught by Yogananda, and it works on, on a pure vibrational level by stilling the, the mental energy in the form of restless thoughts, yes. and it purifies the ego. So um, the technique is given in my book in great detail, so you can read it there if you wish. Um, oh, and I think that no, I was just going to say I was going to say that you know it's just it's also helpful to understand that these practices like you're giving practice now of watching the breath and um, mantra, which um, y- you know you can say audibly and then you can listen to mentally and then just feel the vibration of the breath. But whatever we use for a practice of concentration. Concentration naturally gives way to meditation. There's a shift that happens um, that is a natural unfoldment of our consciousness expanding. You know, when our awareness is no longer uh, distracted, you know, restless, it's no longer moving, uh, you know, from one thing to the next, but it it becomes uh, focused on one point, then that allows the restlessness uh, to subside and then uh, our attention naturally flows into meditation. That's what, you know, we, we learn about meditation being natural. It's when you stop the distraction, uh, meditation flows very naturally. So, you know, sometimes people want to know, you know, how they can tell if they're progressing in meditation. Um, so we have, you know, just a, another uh, minute or so left in this segment. Stephen, do you want to say anything about how you how you know <laughs> if you're progressing in your meditation? Yes, I think, um, well, one thing is that we, we, we lose the sense of time uh, when we deeply concentrate on something with sharply uh, focused interest and attention, without any reference to any thoughts, and we remain with the mind concentrated in the present moment, not thinking of the past or future. Um, 
there's a loss. There's no sense of time. You go into a timelessness. So you are in the, you know, being in the present moment. And uh, actually, in the sacred text, the, the Kuma Purana, it states that if the mind is continually concentrated on one point for twelve seconds, it's called a, a dharana, which is a concentration. And then twelve of those, twelve concentrations, if you like, or twelve dharanas, uh, equals is two minutes, 24 seconds. And then um, 12 of those equal one meditation, which is 28 minutes, 48, uh, no, sorry. Um, the 12 dharanas make one meditation, that's two minutes, 24 seconds. And then the, the 12 meditations equal samadhi, which is 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's when the mind is you know, absolutely still. There's no, yeah. no thoughts at all coming, no restless thoughts. Right, and so it just is really um, raising up this uh, understanding that moving from one stage to another, from concentration to meditation to samadhi, is simply an unbroken flow of our attention and awareness. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more about the benefits of meditation and uh, what we begin to experience as we progress along the path of Raja and Kriya Yoga. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. You're listening to Yoga Hour with our guest today, Stephen Sturgis, author of the new book, The Supreme Art and Science of Raja and Kriya Yoga, The Ultimate Path to Self-Realization. We'll be right back with you. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and my guest today is author, yoga, and meditation teacher, Kriyacharya Stephen Sturgis, whose most recent book is The Supreme Art and Science of Raja and Kriya Yoga. His website is yogananda-kriyayoga.org.uk. Um, Stephen, before the break, uh, we were talking about how to tell if we are progressing in our meditation practice. Now, you know, you mentioned, of course, in the uh, meditation experience itself, we we lose track of time um, because we're not outwardly oriented. You know, essentially, we we do enter into the eternal now moment, and so time fades away. And you know, sometimes you have the experience that you you come out of meditation and say, "Oh, you know that that." That amount of time passed because you were no longer uh, outwardly focused on it. But what about um, other ways we can tell if we're progressing on our uh, meditation practice? Yes. Um, well, one sign of progress, I think, is when when you enthusiastically look forward to sitting to meditate. Because the more you meditate, the more this is what I found. The more I meditate, the more I want to meditate, and you can really feel that you have lost something if you if you miss a day of meditation once you get into it. Um, so you know you're progressing in meditation when you have that increased enthusiasm and love and love for meditation. Mm-hmm. Your daily meditations become your most important engagement. Um, uh, you know, an indispensable part of each day. Mm-hmm. There's also an absence of restlessness and agitation of the mind. The mind becomes more attentive with clarity and conscious awareness. And I think there is also a sense of oneness rather than separation from our divine source. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it is, I think it's understanding that you are transcending duality, transcending the misunderstanding that you are separate from your own divine source, the blissful self within. Mm-hmm. And spiritual progress is also authenticated by your character and behavior as you begin to perceive and develop noble and divine qualities, such as truthfulness, love, wisdom, inner calmness, inner peace, inner joy, and love and harmony towards all beings, all life, all creatures. And it, and um, it, just, it seems, too, that we, you know, of course, by having the restlessness subside, you know, we have... Uh, our intuition is more accessible to us. And, you know, as Paramahansaji said, we have then the ability to live by the soul, you know, rather than um, just following uh, our, uh, the reactive patterns in the mind. So we, we have the ability to receive uh, and live by deeper guidance, which is so helpful. Yes. I, I think a meditator knows when, uh, success when he transforms his or her character and reduces the desires, you know, bad habits and the sense attachments um, to bring balance and harmony mm-hmm. to um, his or her daily life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important as well. 
And you mentioned in your book also that, you know, you see there's a connection between um, meditation and faith. You know, what would you, what would you say about that? Meditation and faith, yes. Um, well, nothing in life is accomplished without faith. I think we must have faith in ourselves or in others, you know, to complete any task in life, actually. We must have faith in the, in the laws of nature. And uh, we must have faith that we will live to see the results of right effort. So also, we must have faith in God if we if we are to make spiritual progress. And faith is the first step that makes each following step possible. Mm-hmm. It springs from self understanding. It, it's in a, it's it's the inner divinity that enables us to recognize divinity in the world. That mm-hmm. internal source is a spring of courage and soft confidence and it swells into a river as it flows back into the sea of understanding for we are only seeking to regain our lost inheritance which is divinity mm-hmm. and you believe in yourself because yourself is God and you have an unshakable faith in God deep down inside mm-hmm. uh, faith in yourself and faith in God are identical Mm. You tap the inner strength of the God within you when challenges of life from without become difficult. And then with steady, faithful effort, victory is assured. Mm. And I think so, you know, we find that the, the lives of the saints, I, I know that you you know have been very inspired by the life of Paramahansa Yogananda as have I and uh, his disciples, uh, Swami Kriyananda, uh, Roy Eugene Davis. So... You know, we also read um, and study, and uh, those of us have blessing of, you know, getting to meet uh, such uh, souls um, who 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 show us, right? Demonstrate what a life of uh, spiritual dedication, openness to divine grace can make possible. So we be, you know, we have faith uh, in the Guru, we have faith in God, we have faith in ourselves. We're we're going to close in just a moment, Stephen, so I want to ask you in just our last um, minute of the program here, what words of encouragement you would have for those who are uh, beginning or, you know, continuing on their path of yoga? Yes, okay. Um, Well, remember, the most important thing in life is for us to have a taste of the bliss of God, because once we have that have tasted that joy, that inner bliss, all lesser joys will foul us and, you know, we shall, we shall find them falling short of what we want. So they will, appear, they will appear insipid and we won't go after them anymore. But if you have to taste that spiritual joy first, then, um, you know, and deep meditation is the way to experience that bliss or joy. Mm-hmm. And that bliss, the kingdom of God, is within you. So your aim in life is to seek and discover that truth, the truth, which is perfection. As mm-hmm. long as perfection is not realized as one's own self, then you will only know snatches of joy, fleeting glimpses of satisfaction, and countless hours of suffering. This is the, the choice. So I wish, may your choice be eternal happiness and perfect joy by living the divine life where you find external fulfillment. And then you you will need to make a strong, persistent effort in yoga, uh, disciplines and meditation, self-discipline, meditating daily and balancing your lifestyle, 
and also eating and exercising and resting and sleeping, they all need to be balanced to mm -hmm. support your meditative lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. So, so, <laughs> Thank you so much, Stephen, and, and beautiful words of advice to um, seek that bliss of the soul and let it uh, light up your life, let it inform your choices, and really be uh, let your yoga be a path of liberation, which is its highest goal. Thank you so much, uh, Stephen, for joining us today, and um, I want to direct our listeners back again to your book, uh, The Supreme Art and Science of Raja and Kriya Yoga, The Ultimate Path to Self-Realization. And you can find out more about Stephen's uh, other books, uh, this book and his teaching schedule at yogananda-kriyayoga.org.uk. And I want to invite you back next week for the Yoga Hour. We'll, we'll be talking about how um, being awake, how being spiritually awake can uh, help us have the right attitude um, in relationship with others. And I'm going to be joined by Tim Olmstead, who's president of the Pema Children Foundation. So we're going to be looking at how do we get along better with other people and how our spiritual practice can inform that. The Yoga Hour is a service project of Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, Meditation Center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. Visit uh, csecenter.org to find out about our programs. This week we're starting up the 21-day uh, wake-up challenge of 21 days of continuous uh, dedication to your meditation practice. So um, take a look at um, what it would be like to participate in a sit-a-thon and um, bring more energy to your practice. Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes and let your friends know about it. Thank you again, Stephen, for being with us. And uh, thanks to all of our... Thanks to Jeff in the uh, sound booth and to Vicki uh, Martin, our producer. And uh, I look forward to being with you all next week. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world. Share your peace and your joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. 
What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant, Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe 
every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 